0: How's everybody doing this morning? It's good to see you. Uh, It's it's good to be able to come together for the very purpose of focusing our attention upon the God who created us and has done wondrous things in this world. We look around and and know that he created the beauty this morning, right? If if anybody had the opportunity and you really took the time to look at what this day is bringing, uh, because it is December and it's uh, mild temperatures, no snow on the ground, no ice. Man, am I thankful, right? Uh, I'm also thankful, Brady and Nicole. We have a, a message this weekend. Uh, she's in the the process of uh, uh, delivering our ninth grandchild this morning. So if if we're a little distracted, yeah. So pray them up. Uh, we're just kind of waiting, and and I've told try to. Perk Brady up and said, you need to be cheering up your wife and having her do some jumping jacks or something to get that baby here. Us guys, we don't know anything, but we like to think we know something. Anyway, uh, it's December. It's December. And it's that time to focus our attention upon the coming of Jesus. Uh, and, and so we do. We, we like to, man, promote that and celebrate that. Uh, the the joy of knowing Jesus. Our our focus, the, the the key word we really embraced was the word peace. The word peace. We're especially familiar with that when the angels, the host of angels, came and, and made that great announcement. It, it was out of Luke chapter two verse fourteen, and you know it said, "Glory to God in the highest, and and peace on, on whom His favor rests. Uh, peace on earth on whom His favor rests." And it's that phrase right there. That, that we're focusing on, peace on earth. Um, and and I don't want to spend a lot of time with this truth because I think we're all on the same page here, that the world needs peace or peace is needed. Any, anybody has some doubts? Man, I live in peace all the time and, and everything's great. Please let me know. Anybody? Everybody pretty much on the same page that, that this world is, matter of fact, it, world-wise, uh, we are in turmoil. Uh, there, there are, er, matter of fact, earlier this week, like on Monday, I was just doing a search. I, I, I was just wondering, okay, what is humanity's solution to peace, to, to gaining peace for the whole world? And, and I found in a political news uh, article, uh, read through there, there are 10, it laid out 10 items that if we could just get these 10 items secured, uh, it, it will bring about peace. And I will tell you, honestly, that a majority of the 10 uh, are, are political, are, are, are Washington, along with our political parties, are not in agreement. Matter of fact, they are diametrically opposed in their solutions. Uh, guess what? I don't think there's going to be peace. We've seen out of Washington, you know, a spew of a lot of hatred, uh, deceitfulness, and other things uh, only uh, promoted and amplified through our media. And, and that doesn't do us any good. It, it really does. it doesn't do us any good in our neighborhoods, doesn't do any good in the workplace. We don't want to talk politics. You know why? Because nobody's on the same page in our nation. I, 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 do, I will tell you the honest truth, though, even if things were going well, I'm not going to hold my breath that Washington's going to figure out peace for us. It's not going to happen. Uh, and, and history is the record of that. Okay, the, the United Nations, that idea of United Nations uniting the world together, are they going to bring peace? It's not going to happen. Humanity is not going to find the solution for peace. Part of our celebration, and, and I want to make it very clear, our, the reason for our celebration is the coming of Peace. The, the true coming of peace into this world. I want to talk about that this morning. Matter of fact, I don't want to go into the details of, of a world that, that is, it is in turmoil because we're all on that same page. And I don't know where your turmoil is. It might be looking at the news at night or it could be even within your own family. It could be within your own family. You know the tensions around Thanksgiving because I don't, I'm not happy with all my family and their decisions. And man, they've, they've done me wrong and maybe even in, in closer relationships. Or at work, we're not seeing peace. Or in neighborhoods, or in our own community throughout this nation. Uh, the, the realization that, that peace is also something hard for us to grasp individually. Just in our daily l- lives, we, we would love to come to know that peace. I, I want to answer this question. I thought about that, that, that uh, question of when. When, when is there going to be peace? I just said, I just said peace came into this w- earth. But we're looking around today and saying, man, where is it? I want to address that. So I want to look a little bit in history when I talk about when. And first of all, I want to go to this place to answer this. Peace would not come to God's people through the Old Testament. Here we've got the Old Testament record, Genesis through Malachi. The whole history of Israel is in there. You would think that this chosen people would come to know peace. Why? Because they're chosen by God. What advantages, Right? But you, if you took the time to read all through the history in that Old Testament, you would continue to see a lack of peace. Peace promised from God, but a lack of, of peace. Uh, man, God did all kinds of things. I mean, He took them out of slavery uh, and all kinds of conflict, took them across the, the, the wilderness, uh, brought them into the promised land. Uh, and can we say there was peace all along the way? There was not. And guess what? A big pro- problem was the people themselves. The people themselves. E- even thinking about the apex where, where, where you'd say Israel really has attained what God had, it, had in store for it. It was that time of Solomon. We just went through his book of Ecclesiastes and, and we could say, man, that was a time of prosperity and peace for Israel when Solomon was, was on the throne. But there are periods of time of peace, isn't there? I, I, we'll, we'll just say, all throughout uh, the Old Testament, we saw periods of time where there's peace. Especially if you're familiar with the book of Judges. If you're not, man, take some time to read that. But there's this ugly cycle that continues to work. God's people, and, and, and basically the cycle would work like this. It would be a time of peace, and then they would go into disobedience, dishonoring God, and God would send an oppressor against them, another nation or an oppressor against them. And, and then they would repent of their sinfulness. God would then send this judge who would, would help them overcome the oppressors. And, and then there would be a period of time of peace. And then they would go back into sin. It was a, it's a continuous cycle all the way through the book of, of uh, Judges. So, there are periods of time of peace. We're familiar with that. We absolutely are. I saw a, a, a quote by Don McLean. Uh, he said that Washington has a large assortment of peace monuments, right? Have you been to Washington? Washington has a large assortment of peace monuments. We build one after every war, right? He said, We have so many monuments. It's because we have a period of time of peace, war, peace, war. That's the history uh, of this world. Uh, I, I, I forgot to share this passage of Scripture. with I want to go back to it. But it's Isaiah 48, verse 22. Isaiah 48, 22. I do believe this identifies the reason the world is not in peace and why we have difficulties with peace. In Isaiah 48, verse 22, he says, There is no peace, says the Lord, for the, uh, uh, for the wicked. There is no peace for the wicked. And definitely we'd look and say the world is definitely wicked. There, there's definitely wickedness working in this world. And why do we not have peace? It's because of that. Now what peace that Israel did have uh, was not lasting. It was short-lived. Even even Israel in the Old Testament divided itself from Judah from Israel. And they themselves warred against each other. That, that was God's people. Even as you get to the book of well, let me go back to Isaiah 48. Here, here's what uh, God actually said towards Israel, his people. He said in verse 17, this is what the Lord says. Your, no, excuse me. Uh, verse 18, I'm sorry. Uh, if only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would, would have been like a river. Your well-being like the waves of the sea. Your descendants would have been like the sand. Your children like its numberless grains. Their name would never be blotted out nor destroyed from before me. So in in that passage, Isaiah makes it very clear. From from God's own mouth, he says, if you were obedient, your peace would have been like a river. Your your peace would have been flowing. It would have been, uh, what I had in store for you as a nation was going to be special. But Isaiah, much much after the time of, of Solomon and that apex of peace and prosperity, man, it was, it was that time where continued disobedience had brought Isaiah to prophesy you know, the coming captivity of this people. No peace for these, these people of Israel. Um, Malachi. I want to jump to the, the last book, Malachi. This is the last book of the Old Testament in Malachi it, and, and understand, if, if, if you think about the history and how things worked, they were in captivity. They returned back to Jerusalem. And, and it's the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. Within those two books, it, it was a, a, a rebuilding of the temple through Ezra and the rebuilding of the wall in Nehemiah. So they came back home. They came back home after all that captivity. And, and 100 years later, Malachi writes his book. And what do we see in the content of Malachi but this? In, in one case, uh, they were being uh, disciplined or corrected because their, their offerings, they were being bringing sick and lame animals to be sacrificed before God. There was a dishonor before God. If you're going to bring anything, you know, don't bring anything at all but this sick animal. What does that say about the God you're sacrificing him to? It it it's disrespectful. It's dishonoring of God. Uh, also, uh, in in Malachi, he addressed he addressed the fact that that uh, they were divorcing, they were divorcing the, the women of their their own culture, their their nation, and they were uh, once again marrying uh, foreigners and then worshiping their gods. Little G, they were wor- worshiping their gods. Uh, It's it's the same old problem in the the final book of the Old Testament. Problem after problem, disobedience, continued disobedience. They were not right with God. There was no peace in the Old Testament. Uh, If you want to consider today, we've already kind of mentioned this about the way our world is. If you want to see why is the world like it is today, it's Romans chapter 1, verse 18. How, why God's wrath is working in this world today. And his, his wrath is this, that he's turning us over to our sinful desires, our fleshly lust, and our depraved minds. That's, that's what God's doing. That's, it's not lightning bolts. It's not tidal waves and, and, and terrible worldly destruction. You know what the greatest destruction is? Is our wickedness. He's turning humanity over to that wickedness. There is going to be no peace in this world, and it's what we've, we've come to. I, I find this interesting, but there would be no peace in the 400 years following the Old Testament. If you, if you turn in your Bibles between those, um, between uh, uh, Malachi and, and uh, Matthew, you find m- many of you would find this page, blank page. Uh, there is 400 years. Matter of fact, on that Blake page, if you want to and you mark up your Bible, write 400 years. 400 years is a long time. America hasn't existed for 400 years. We haven't been around for 400 years. And for 400 years, it was called a, a, a time of silence. Now, because it was called a time of silence, it's not that idea that that silence is golden it, you know, hey, it's a time of peace in there. It was not. It was actually a, a time of great turmoil in those four hundred years. Uh, part of what Daniel prophesied uh, about the the great statue. I mean, the, the the coming and going of nations. It was Babylon, uh, even during the time of Daniel. But then, then Persia, Media, Persia came along, and 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 Babylon fell. And after Media, Persia, then then came. Uh, Uh, Greece, you know, Alexander the Great came and and did his conquest and took a great territory. And then from there, uh, later it was Roman rule. Part of that was during those 400 years, there was an exchange of power. Uh, Within that time, like 167 BC, it it was a time of Antiochus Epiphanes. He was a a, uh, 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 Seleucid. He was a Seleucid king. And and he, he came and, and he was the the the, the division of the, the the nation that Alexander had was amongst generals and they were they were divide, you know they they were not exactly uh, getting along and Israel and Israel or Jerusalem was right in the middle between Ptolemy and uh, Seleucid. Right in the middle. And and a guy with a bad attitude, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, about 167 BC, went in and, and was taking over Israel. And he was abusive. Thousands were killed. Uh, Thousands of others were sold into slavery. Uh, He despised their God. He went into the temple in Jerusalem and there uh, upon the altar sacrificed a pig uh, to his gods. It it, it was absolutely to the Jews who who continued to exist. It it was a defiling and it, it just raised their anger. And, and out of the uh, uh, Maccabees rose uh, uh, a rebellion. And it was pretty much guerrilla warfare. And they, they attacked uh, er, you know, the, the uh, armies of Antiochus Epiphanes. And they won back Jerusalem. And they, they got back the, the temple. And when they, they went into the temple, immediately they put a light in the temple, they lit a light in there, and they didn't have enough oil but for one day. And if you know the temple, there was a continuous light shining in the temple, and they wanted that to happen. They only had oil for one day, and so they, they placed that candle there, and they lit it, and it lasted eight days. And they, they said, well, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. And, and, and those who are Jews celebrate Hanukkah today. They they celebrate that festival of lights, the eight days, lighting of the candles, in celebration of what? The coming of peace? No. I looked at their blessings. Their blessings were, hey, God, we praise God for his provisions. We praise God for his deliverance. But it wasn't about peace because guess what? The Jews continued to face terrible, terrible violence. They, do they know peace on Germany and Hitler? You know what happened there and, and, and throughout the world, continued troubles uh, throughout the world. They, they have not, you know, those who continue uh, to, to, to look for a Savior are, are failing to understand that that Savior came through that nation, through Jesus Christ. It was not a time of peace. I, I, I want to come to this. Uh, uh, this this last part, uh, and 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 to, to think about what Jesus came into, uh, he, you know, Jesus as the Prince of Peace did not come into peaceful circumstances. I mean, Rome at the time when Jesus came had had relevant, you know, relative, you know, peace. It was under you know, some oppression and things, but they had freedoms to do some things. Rome was giving them freedoms to, to, to do their worship and other things. And so Jesus came, was that, that, was that any kind of uh, peace? Uh, the, the third point is this, the Prince of Peace came and faced a, violence, a violent death. The, the Prince of Peace came into a violent word, world, a dark world. If you want to see that, you know, Philippians 2, Paul makes that point. Uh, the one who came out of glory, that came out of perfect peace. He entered into, into a world full of ugliness and wickedness and, and was a world in need of peace. And, and his life, matter of fact, even think about Herod the Great at the time. When he heard that a king was born in Bethlehem, what did he do? He went out to, to, to kill or, or to, to remove the threat to his throne by killing every boy two years old and younger. The slaughter of the innocents. Jesus, of course, was saved through going to Egypt. But this is the world he came into. Political powers and other things who are greedy and, and, and uh, you know, self-centered and, and things like that. That's the world we live in. And, and that's what Jesus came into we follow that. I, I, I want to take you to Isaiah, back to Isaiah, and another parts here. Um, you know, when it comes to the celebration of Jesus and His coming, we we would quickly turn to Isaiah chapter nine. And, and I mean, handles Messiah. You know the the great words there of Jesus coming. There's there's a lot of prophecies. I mean, that he's going to be born of a manger and other things. But uh, to you know to to read Isaiah where he says to us is born. Uh, uh, excuse me. Uh, to us, a, born, a child is born, to us, a son is given, uh, and, and he's going to be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Those are the things that we celebrate this time of year in Jesus' coming, right? And, and listen specifically to the, the, the prophecies of his, his being born in a manger and wrapped in swaddling clothes and other, uh, being born of a virgin, all those details being fulfilled through Jesus. And those are the things we absolutely look at and, and we celebrate. But, but man, while I was preparing for this, I began to think how important it would be for us to also use the passage Isaiah 53 as, as a, maybe a passage that you read amongst your family. What's the significance of Jesus coming as a baby into this world? And I would tell you Isaiah 53... Let me me read it for you, and I'm going to challenge you. Read it to your family. Read it to your children. Explain it. The same Jesus who came into this world as a a wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace, who who came as this child, this infant, born into this world. Why do we celebrate it? It's celebrated because of Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Listen to what he says. I'm going to begin verse 2. He said, he grew up before him like a tender shoot. And like a root out of dry ground, he had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and and, and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and before our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that was brought, uh, that, that brought us peace, was on him. And by his wound, wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. As a matter of fact, you can read all of chapter 53 with your family. Help them understand that the same passage that talks about this infant coming into this world, the Son of God coming into this world, is also the, the, the one who is the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. I don't think we ever separate the the manger from the cross. He came for the cross. The the wickedness that, that, of course, Isaiah is talking about, that's not us. And then to tell you, absolutely, it is us. It is every single one of us. We know our wickedness. We know our sinfulness, our brokenness. We don't deserve to be in any kind of peace that God has to offer, yet he sent a suffering servant in the way of a child into this world in order that we might have the opportunity to be in the peace that God has provided. That's the celebration. Chapter 9 along with chapter 53. Don't miss that. Don't, I want your children to understand that, that Jesus came for the cross. We need to understand it. Oh, we, we like to, to stick to fun things, right? To comforting things. Babies in blankets. That's where our mind is this morning, right? Babies in blankets and cute and wonderful things and love to, to look at the manger and things like that. But there's no way to look at this and, and, and then miss the fact that Jesus came into this world to die because the world is wicked. And, and there's, there's no peace for us. There's no peace here in my life but the only way I've been able to find peace is through Jesus. It's only been through Jesus. When we see peace on earth, it is a peace that, that goes even in the time of, of great turmoil and war and everything else. Of conflict. When, po- political, parties, <coughs> when political parties are so, so dysfunctional and, and, and so opposed and we get to watch it. In the midst of that, there's a peace that we have. His name's Jesus. His name's Jesus. Listen, uh, often uh, as I'm preparing messages, there are songs that come, th- yeah, aren't you lucky people? Uh, there are songs that come to mind that just speak to the overall message that that I wanted to share today. I'm gonna conclude uh, with a song. It, it, it is uh, a song Written by, oh shoot, where get? Yeah, Henry Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Heard of him? He actually wrote a poem uh, back back in the time during the Civil War when he had a son who uh, uh, actually snuck out of the house and joined uh, the Union Army, and and was was uh, uh, injured, and and while he was in recovery, uh, or or even questioning whether he was going to come out of recovery, he wrote this song, Uh, and I think that's significant to, to the very words. I heard the bells on Christmas Day, their old familiar carols play, and wild and sweet the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill to men. I thought as now this day has come, the belfries of all Christendom had rung along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. So good, so, you know, so far so good, right? In those songs, just talking about, man, let the bells ring, announcing that, that peace is coming to this world. But I, I again, understand what he was seeing, what he was witnessing. He wrote this line. And in despair I bowed my head, there is no peace on earth, I said. For hate is strong that mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Isn't that right? Do you feel that way? You look at this world and you, man, you, you're just so weary of the hatred. But then, man, I'm going to see if I could re- sing through this last, last uh, verse. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right pre- prevail. I just thought I was going to have trouble. With peace on earth, goodwill to men. To hear that, man, I, that just rung through my head all week. And that's the message. The peace has come. When peace has come, it came through Jesus. It absolutely came through Jesus. Now, Now, we could say it came then, but the when has to be answered by you, right? When did it happen for you? When did you embrace Jesus and what he did upon the cross? Did you take him and accept him? And and are you living that peace now? Learning to live that peace, I think that's part of it. It, It's not that easy, but man, Holy Spirit, the word, uh, and, and, and the church, it's learning to live within that peace Learning to live within that forgiveness. Oh, man. And, and I, I don't know whether, maybe some of you have not taken that step before. of saying today is the day that peace comes. And absolutely, and, and only, I will say that emphatically, only comes through Jesus. That peace that is between myself and my God. You and your God. It absolutely comes through Jesus. We're all on that same understanding? Everybody got it? Only through Jesus. If you've never received Jesus as your Savior, you have no idea of the peace that's available to you. I just encourage you to, to look at that and, and to pursue that. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I praise you and I thank you for Jesus, especially this time of year when we had the opportunity to, to celebrate the coming of Jesus We also want to celebrate the cross, the very reason why he came, the the peace that we know through his coming. We ask, Lord, that you strengthen us. Lord, especially be with those who uh, are are just dealing with turmoil in their life. Uh, Father, those who possibly have not made that step forward to say uh, that they wanted to receive Christ as their Savior and to move forward in that that relationship. It it is about believing. It is about following. And so, Father, we pray for those who who need to make that decision. Maybe it's a wrestling they're going through. So, Lord, lead them, guide them, uh, and direct them. Father, we know the call is there. We just pray that, that people will move for that. And, Lord, we pray for the rest of us, Lord, as we're learning to live in that peace learning to live that forgiveness that we've been given, strengthen us, help us to grow in this year and and into next year. Lord, may we be that beacon. May we be that light, that salt in this world that calls a world that's wicked and, and without peace into the very wonderful salvation that you provided through Jesus. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.